News Network. Rules for thee, but not for me. How about cash after cash of documents found locked in the garage next to the president's Corvette, the president who excoriated another man for having his documents in a locked room under the watchful eye of the archives and the Secret Service? But here's the question we really should be asking of this eco-zealot thou shalt not drill president. Is that an electric Corvette? Well, now that you've got perspective, this is TN. The Truth News Network. And truth is what we do. And the doer is Dan Newman. And guess what? We're going to do it today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. This is going to be an extra special day. Through the last three years, you've heard us at TNN Live talk about Dr. Judy Mikovits. Who is Dr. Judy Mikovits? Folks, she was all the way back in the beginning with Dr. Anthony Fauci in the days when they were deep in the development of a vaccine for HIV. That's right. She goes that far back with Dr. Anthony Fauci. And they got into the vaccine program and viruses, viral transmission. And through the years, they became the experts. Well, the story for Dr. Judy Mikovits, it took a 90-degree turn, maybe a 180-degree turn. And today, you are going to be listening to the first interview that Dr. Judy Mikovits was able to do because of a lockdown. She couldn't talk to anybody about what happened. What do you mean, what happened, Dan? What do you mean, happened how? What happened specifically? Dr. Mikovits came to this show June the 20th of 2020. Can you believe that? That long ago? That was at the very beginning of COVID-19 and all of the talk that was led principally by you-know-who, Dr. Anthony Fauci. But there was a lot of stuff that was going on before any of this ever happened. And so Dr. Mikovits, she had a gag order after the event you're going to hear about today, after the time expired. That's when she came. And the big thing about this today, besides the obvious that you're going to hear very early, the big thing is, here we are. And she foretold almost everything that has happened regarding COVID-19, testing, the vaccines, treatment, and even China. She talked to us all about that, predicting what was going to happen, and it all happened. So this is going to be a different show today, I promise you. We're, we're going to take a couple of breaks just to give her a little time to catch her breath. But it's nonstop. The breaks that we have are going to be maybe one spot and they'd get right back to it. But it's almost two hours long. You do not want to miss this show. I want to introduce you to Dr. Judy Mikovits. And remember, she's talking to us June the 20th of 2020. We have a very special guest with us, Dr. Judy Mikovits. Let me tell you real quickly, just a capsule about Dr. Judy. She has a PhD 
in molecular biology and biochemistry with over 30 years of experience. She has directed programs on HIV, cancer, epigenetics, and neuroimmune disease with a focus on the development of novel drug and diagnostic technologies. In 2011, she made a horrifying discovery that was contaminating all vaccinations. She presented her data to government officials and was threatened and told to destroy all that data. When she refused, she was sent to jail. Her career systematically destroyed and a gag order put in place for four years, threatening that if she spoke out, she would be thrown back in jail. Well, thankfully, that gag order has been lifted, and now she's talking. And so today, we're speaking to her live from California, her home. And in this interview today, we're going to talk about a few things like the release of the coronavirus in China, the impact that this double-strained RNA virus has on my and your bodies, whether U.S. citizens should be concerned about exposure, and the one thing you shouldn't do out of fear of the virus. And if you want to get some behind-the-scenes stuff after the show today, we have posted on our website multiple resources to help you even take it further when you're trying to get to the truth. We want to say hello to Dr. Judy Mikovits. Doctor, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate it. You've been through a lot. And before we get into the nuts and bolts about all of the stuff that's up in the air today, give us give us a synopsis of all the things that you've been through during your professional career. Yeah, well, my professional career started well in 1980. At where I went to the National, National Cancer Institute and, and was part of the team that developed some of the first immune therapies for cancer um, for the next eight, eight or nine years we were working in a fabulous uh, translational research program called the Biological Response Modifiers Program and that, the fun of that was that we worked with the patients. We worked directly with PharmDs, PhDs, MDs, uh, nurses, and, and worked directly with the patients um, trying to really see what was going on and right there translate that into um, what we would call adoptive immune therapies and other immune therapies for cancer. And at that time, it was called gay-related immune deficiency then then called AIDS. So I was so excited by that work. I went to get a PhD um, after the program was closed and that PhD um, literally transformed HIV uh, into a disease we could treat and, and live with and an infection, I would say, an infection, not a disease. HIV is the infection and AIDS is the disease. So now we know that many people have millions of people have the HIV infection and they will never get AIDS because of our work um, in, in really um, understanding the biology behind that. So as you mentioned, in 2009, we made up we isolated another family of viruses um, or retroviruses. These are RNA viruses, but not the same family as coronaviruses you just mentioned. Uh, We isolated them from 
many people uh, with um, neuroimmune diseases, chronic fatigue syndrome, autism, um, uh, any number of, of other things like ALS, cancers, um, blood diseases like um, idiopathic dromocytopenia. And we first found in 2011, the blood supply was he heavily contaminated, 10 times more HIV. Uh, and then we... Um, and then we found, uh, you know, to our horror, well after I was fired and the journey began uh, of, of the persecution and cover up by the journals, by the media, by the industry to shut up this knowledge so that no one knew that 50 million people were walking around with cancer-causing, mouse cancer-causing viruses. The viruses were called XMRVs, which was the M in that is mouse and, and the retroviruses, the RV, and xenotropic is because it was in, <laughs> the Z X was because it was in people and not mice, which isn't funny at all, especially when in 2011, the big realization that the most likely way these viruses got into humans was not only the contaminated blood supply for 40 years but through vaccines which uh, in 1986 um, you know were everly incre ever increasing and uh, because of the liability was removed from pharmaceutical companies so each year there became more and more um, you know vaccines you know made from animal tissues that were contaminated with many different retroviruses um, and, and then in fact uh, these were contaminated. So, Dr. Judy, let me let me interrupt you just for a second. You mentioned what happened in '86, where the pharmaceutical companies were given immunity for having no responsibility for the contents of this. Could you explain how that happened and what it is? Yeah. So, um, yeah, because that goes into the story, and we'll continue. So, it's 1986. Ronald Reagan signed what was called the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Act. Um, vaccines cannot cause autism or do not cause autism. And um, it's interesting how this latest pandemic, and I know we'll talk about it a lot today, but it's interesting how this latest pandemic um, um, came right on the heels of a couple of um, amazing findings of the dangers of vaccines. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about a lot this morning, and I appreciate you giving us that background piece um, you, you just mentioned one thing that's very close yeah. to my heart, and that's autism. And we went through a period of time, probably, uh, I guess, sometime in the last decade, but it really spiked up in the, um, I guess, around 2010. Uh, people claiming a tie between vaccinations and autism. And I know you've studied it extensively in the laboratory, and you've watched it play out in people. What's the tie there? Is it the XMRV? Um, yeah, they're not just that family of viruses, but yes, those viruses were definitely associated in the laboratory. That is, we isolated those viruses um, and, and showed evidence of infection and, in fact, had a disease signature and a mechanism for that. 
um, before we shut down. And this was some of what shut us down in 2011 because we didn't identify vaccines or autism when our original paper came out in 2009. It was just about chronic fatigue syndrome, um, which is a very similar disease in, in, in teenage girls. It's more girls than boys. Um, but the kinds of things that happen to their brain and their function, um, because it usually happens during teenage years, the in, um, it, it, these these girls can talk and things. But what was specific about 2010 was in that vaccine court, so many cases were going into that vaccine court for autism. More than 5,000 cases had been filed. And I don't know if it's exactly 2010, the year this happened. It could have been 2008. But what the government did was they put up five test cases um, of claiming that the vaccines caused autism. And if anyone, it was called the ombudsman um, um, group, uh, ombudsman hearing because they put a, a very large number of cases into a single um, into a single filing really like a class action lawsuit um, but again I'm not a lawyer so I just give your audience the idea what that was so what that it, it and and if any one of those cases turned out where the the court ruled or the the you know the court ruled that back the vaccine caused the autism then all would be compensated all 5,000 or more it was a, a greater than 5,000 so in fact yes one of those cases and probably more than one of those cases turned out where yes the vaccine could cause autism and this court covered that up oh you know uh, you know sealed the documents um compensated the victim um to the tune of um millions of dollars but Nobody could ever talk about it again. The court lied, literally lied, fabricated everything and said, okay, none of the five cases, so the, the, the so vaccines don't cause autism. Wow. And so that's how they fix that. Wow. Fix it, I guess, is the, uh, the obvious term there. Well, things got a little tough for you during the last decade. Why don't you walk yeah. up before we take a break and we're going to give you a chance to catch your breath yeah. and take a break, but give us the picture. What horrors have you walked through in the last decade? Well, I, as, as you mentioned, um, I, 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 I was fired. Um, my, my office locked down from my students. Um, my, it ransacked um, a crime fabricated and, blamed on me <laughs> um six weeks later i was during the six week um i was hunted down several occasions barely escaped with my life i was followed i was watched um i you know but that's all described in the book the very first chapter of flight of corruption and um finally when i refused to recant the data um I was I was jailed without a warrant. Uh, the, the the charge was felony fugitive from justice. This was published in the journal Science and really in newspapers around the world. You know, held without bail for five days, without the possibility of bail. Um, when I did finally 
post bail. It was more than $100,000. There was no warrant um, from anywhere. That's what's written. Um, you can look up sciencemag.org and, and search John Cohen, and you will see that article on November 19, 2011. I was held there from November 18 through November 22nd um, um, with my house um, ransacked and searched and my friend's house ransacked and searched. And, uh, and uh, of course, nothing was found. Um, my husband was extorted. Um, the data while I was held in jail, um, the so-called evidence was planted in my house, neatly planted in my ransacked house, yeah, um, very nicely packed. Uh, and, 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 and basically, my husband was extorted, if you don't turn it in, she won't get out for Thanksgiving and you'll probably never see her again. And um, all that time, I never see a lawyer. I, up to this day, I've never had one day in court. Not one day to, to, to tell my story. I was I was extorted into bankruptcy three years later because um, I was going to defend myself in a civil case filed by my employers of intellectual property theft, which again, no no crime ever happened, no warrant ever happened, no charges were ever filed for theft of anything, um, and and you know throughout. Um, 2011 through 2013, the, the criminal charges were held through June of 2012, and there were no charges. And yet I was held thinking it said, it said felony fugitive from justice. How can you be a fugitive from justice when you don't have a parking ticket? What am I running from? I'm at home, you know, and my, when my home is surrounded and I'm, I'm drugged to jail and handed book jackals in front of our neighbors. Well, I'm not a, um, I'm not an attorney either. I'm not a law enforcement expert, but I do know this. You can't be guilty or even charged of committing a felony without somebody identifying what you did and what's alleged that you did so that a, a real warrant can be issued for your arrest. And that never happened. Not that never happened. You can be directly from, you know, science, the journal, was sending a message to scientists everywhere um, that they they have total control over your life, if not your career. Wow. Um, so that was just the beginning of it. You have really yeah, struggled. Yeah, that was 2011. Yeah. That was the beginning of it. At any rate, so um, yeah, so they they held me in jail. As soon as I got out of jail, they threatened. They called, threatened my husband. You find the actually, you find these things and turn them in, or she never, you never see her again. Of course, they were neatly packed. He turned them in, but then they said, "You must come to Reno, turn yourself in." I said, "No, I waived extradition." What my my, you know, I had no lawyer, had no lawyer as my civil attorney. Uh, uh, said, oh, yeah, you have to go back. No, I don't. I don't have a charge. And I, I mean, oh, we found you a lawyer in Reno. And, and that turned out to be a dog and pony show where they literally said I turned myself in. And, and, and here, here you were in possession. No, I wasn't in possession. My husband was in possession. I was held in five, for five days. And, and, and you, you know, you didn't find anything with a warrant. There was, in fact, no warrant issued. And, and this is also stated verbatim in the in the records and by that 
journalist in science insider John Cohen, who, who I mean, went to the cohort, the went to the cancer, I mean, sorry, went went to the courthouse when I was had been held in jail five five days. I'm in orange and black. I'm you know, my hair's pasted in my head without a shower. I smell horrible. I'm like a caged animal with all the other people I'm seeing the judge that that day. And, um, and and he wants a picture for the journal Science. You know, fortunately, the judge denied it. And the, the lawyer my husband hired for the day um, was a very tall young man who I could hide behind. Uh, horrific the way, you know, the, the science journal... You know, oh, I'm just doing my job showing scientists what happened. What happens if you if you refuse to falsify data, if you refuse to commit fraud? So that I mean, since that day in 2011, um, my life's been pure held. The charges were held till June of 2012, and when they were dropped, they were dropped. They were not. There wasn't there, but I was told they were dropped without prejudice. Because the district attorney uh, of, of Washoe County, you know, um, would come after me again if I went on Facebook, if I emailed or talked to anybody who wasn't my family or lawyer, if I, um, if I defended myself at all publicly in any way. We had an a office of inspector general that's a, a, with the government for, for grant awardees um, to inspect the whole crime situation. We had filed that, my, my boss colleague did, and, um, and, and we were encouraged my law, by my lawyer. He was told by my then lawyer, Scott Freeman, um, who uh, to, to drop that case and it would go better for me. So, you know, so the, the, I proved to that lawyer on March 12, 2012, everything I said was true. Everything I said was true for uh, about every single thing about the science, every single thing about the notebooks that, that my, my employers had forged a so-called contract that said that, that said every thought I had before or after I went there belonged to them and I had stolen, you know, intellectual property, $15 million. Oh, at least it wasn't petty theft. And again, there's no nothing. There's no anything. Um, it, 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 that day was March 12th. My lawyer was conveniently made into a judge and removed from my case. The judge in the civil case recused himself for accepting a quarter million dollar bribe um, to do this to me. Um, and yet, Never once with all of this happening do I get one hearing. The charges are held until June, as I just mentioned, another five months after that. Um, I'm at the, the NIH, the National Cancer Institute in Frederick, Maryland, where I worked for 22 years with a stellar career last, last in 1999 to 2001, where I headed the lab of antiviral drug mechanisms. We made drugs for patients with AIDS-associated malignancies, many cancers. Um, it, it was a, a fabulous lab in, in um, 
and group there um, before I moved to industry in 2001 when it went because I got married in 2000. So I decided California was a lot nicer than Frederick, Maryland. <laughs> but at any rate, that I mean, you know, that that was my last job there. But in 2016, when I went back to um, Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland, there it was. She's a felony fugitive from justice. And, and and the officers there threatened to arrest me or detain me. Um, but fortunately they were my friends and I and I ran out the back door here. So that felony fugitive from justice charge is been at NIH since the end of November, preventing me from doing the um, so-called multi-center validation, replication, whatever you want to call it, study. And here to this day in the news, even as I was attacked for the pandemic movie um, in the last few weeks, which is which is truth and every bit of it supported by fact, as as your listeners could see in that movie, pandemicmovie.com, uh, that that first part of that movie, um, literally to show you know the 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 pandemic, this plague of corruption. So I was held under that and continued to this day, so that I couldn't do the study, and yet the and the government says she couldn't replicate her own work. Could you do that if you couldn't walk into a laboratory? Well, and in no. fact, yeah, but against all odds, we did. And what did Tony Fauci do? When we finally got the, the only positive center in the study was the study from Stanford. And their institutional review board took a, you know more than a year or close to a year to approve that it wouldn't violate people's privacy. It's called HIPAA. And, and that you know the, the, the study subjects would be protected by that law, HIPAA, which also protects us today in COVID from wearing masks. So let's discuss that or anything else you don't want to do that will hurt your health. Um, so, we will do that before, before we're through. I promise. Yeah. So, but that center, we we got the the samples, and I say we because it was my colleague. I wasn't allowed in the laboratory there in Frederick. Um, so my colleague, and I won't say his name anymore because um, it's um, you know they're attacking him as well again. Um, and at any rate, so he we found more than eighty percent positive in that center, and that was the only legitimate center of patients. Um, all the others had been removed from the the, the, the studies, um, and and those those people had contacted me and said, hey, this isn't this isn't legitimate. I was told I couldn't be in the study because I'm more than 50 miles away. And I said, I don't remember that in the study design. So when you change a study design, the study becomes fraud. And we know that happened by the CDC in the Thompson study where William Thompson admitted they removed the positive cohort in the autism back in the or 99 and 2000. See, this has been going on for three decades. Wow. I was just one of many, as you know, from Bobby Kennedy's um, um, amazing forward in, in our in our book, Plague of Corruption. So basically, they they uh, Tony Fauci stopped the study as soon as as soon as my colleague would have. We would have against all those odds. I just told you when that study was published in the September October issue of 2012 MBio, it would have been an association, and we would have found more or less, you know, <laughs> exactly 
that we we did find the six percent in the patients in in the controls and the control the patients had we been allowed to have the positive cohort would have been more than 30 percent so there would have been an association with the disease although not as strong because the other four centers weren't even close they were they they were literally people they called in the phone book for being tired they had nothing to do with the disease signature or anything else we showed and this is how the the studies have been manipulated to make the these associations um, go away, and they've done exactly the opposite in COVID-19. So at any rate, the study was published as um, basically no evidence. The last line of the abstract of that paper says no evidence of XMRVs anywhere. And I'm looking at table three thinking, what about 6%? Isn't 40 million Americans, 30 million Americans in 2012? You know, that's a lot of people you've infected with a contagious cancer causing virus. Wow. And and that was published fraud. And to this day, it's it's misrepresented um, deliberately. And as soon as that study was published, um, you know, as as Tony Fauci stopped the study because we would have found it correct and the government would have had a huge problem on their hands. We talk about the liability in HIV when at the height. In 1991, when I defended my PhD thesis, it was one million Americans um, and, and many, many millions or many infected because of the contaminated blood supply. Well, here the con- blood supply had been contaminated for another 30 years with many, many strains of not only mouse, but monkey, um, you know, probably a few coronaviruses thrown in there, but the retroviruses are the key because those can be passed through generations. Those can change your DNA. Those those can, cha- you know, literally um, um, wreak havoc in your families for, for generations. And in fact, they have, as our studies have shown, cancers, cancers, autism, neuro, um, lupus, Lou Gehrig's disease, um, Alzheimer's disease, um, 32 diseases, blood diseases, bleeding disorders, um, every, you know, psychosis, OCD. um, uh, It's amazing the list of breast cancer, prostate cancer, leukemia, lymphoma, uh, the diseases that are associated with those families of viruses in in decades of studies. And um, this, this had been contaminating the blood supply, and and then as my colleague wrote in 2011, uh, Frontiers in Microbiology, uh, my former colleague in the AIDS research said the most likely way that the, all of those mouse viruses got into humans was the vaccines, was biological therapies and the vaccines, which since 1986 had never been tested. <laughs> and, um, you know, so it, it's it's horrific. And, and it is what COVID-19 is. It's a cover-up of those 50 million Americans they've injured with vaccines, um, you know, uh, since then. And those are the people who are dying and they're, they're being called a coronavirus. And, and it's not a coronavirus at all. Not saying there's not one there, but coronaviruses don't cause 
bleeding disorders. Ble coronaviruses don't cause Kawasaki disease in children. You know, co uh, coronaviruses cause upper respiratory infection. So what else is what else was in that mixture that we're being lied about, and and what is being covered up? Well, you know, I'm going to say the 50 million Americans <laughs> that 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 you. Um, that we're walking around that 6% in 2012. So what happened as soon as the paper was published? Oh, Tony Fauci awarded Ian Lipkin a $34 million grant to uh, discovery and diagnostics. And what has he done with those, those money? Oh, he's funding um, uh, the Chinese laboratories and the in the North Carolina investigators led by Dr. Barrick, um, oh, to study coronaviruses and, and how they affect the epigenetics. Um, what you read in the beginning of my discoveries with HIV and the retroviruses. Coronaviruses don't do what they're saying COVID-19 is. <laughs> um, retroviruses do. Can you believe what you're hearing? This is absolutely incredible, folks. You're hearing facts. It's not fiction. This is from one of the authors, the blueprints of this entire thing. And how much evil has there been in this and still is. Dr. Judy Mikovits, she'll be back in just a moment. Don't you dare go anywhere. Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan spin-free news from the world. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Dear Daddy, Dear Mom, I love you. I miss you. Every year, Snowball Express honors the children of fallen soldiers. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Orlando. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express, a nonprofit that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. We can never repay the sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Donate now at SnowballExpress.org. You're separating truth from scare tactics, freedom from fascism, and your warrior on point, again, Dan Newman. I actually am not the guy here today. The guy, actually the girl, the lady, is Dr. Judy Mikovits, who has got her finger on the pulse of all of the answers about the questions that every American has today. Dr. Mikovits, we just don't understand this thing, and I think the fear and the misinformation is really taking a toll on all of America. Yeah, yeah, the, the, absolutely, and really all of America. And it's powerfully immune suppressive, meaning fear can, can destroy. Fear alone can make you sick because your immune system is on, like, flight or fight. You're afraid all the time, so you have a heightened sense. It, it powerfully suppresses things so that you can drive energy um, so that you can't fight other things. So it's 
it, it's a very powerful thing that is happening right now. So it's so important that we show everybody the truth. Well, let's get right back to that. We we ended the break. We were talking about who's in charge. The people at the top of this thing that control the narrative, the medical narrative that we're seeing and hearing their little tidbits that are obviously uh, planned and put out there. And I'm not even going to name names. I'm going to let you tell us who is doing what and why it is happening. Well, as we were talking about before the break, in 2012, um, it was again Tony Fauci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. So he's in control of $6 billion of funding to universities, to um, scientific journals, uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies fill into that circle of, um, of power and money. And again, they're free from liability now as long as you call your drug a vaccine. Um, and you can inject it in whoever you want without a single safety check. So um, the government, the the FBI, the the district attorney's offices, you know, uh, everybody, you know, um, in in the attorney generals, I should say, offices here here in California, in in Reno, Nevada, you know, um, after after the criminal charges were were that didn't exist were dropped, I was threatened again. Here's innocent people who have no idea what's going on, and and that's all memorialized in our first book, Plague, where a bail bondsman said he he did the whole thing on a signature because this was so full of shit that innocent people get caught up in this and they have no idea what's going on they're like wait a minute don't you search my house no you can't go in my house without a warrant um don't i get a to see a judge don't i get a phone call don't i get a lawyer oh you get in there and you see you know um, and the, the torture of those five days and beyond as they hold you in fear so when the charges were dropped without prejudice um, you know, they, uh, the, they, the, the, the attorney general's office, the district's attorney, the, 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 the uh, police in Ventura, in California, across state lines, you know, they scared, they extorted, you know, me, me back there. Oh, we're, you know, you'll just turn yourself in and it'll be all right. You know, oh, you just apologize and say you made a mistake and you'll never do it again. Um, yeah. You know, so while I was held in jail, it's all you have to do is sign this apology. And if you read it, it is in the first book, Plague, our first book, Plague. It's a confession. And it, it ends with I'll spend the rest I'll spend the rest of my life doing honest research. And and I thought to myself and I said out loud, I spent my entire life doing honest research. And I will spend the rest of my life doing honest research. And in fact, I wrote in Plague of Corruption an email. August 31st, 2011, while I was being threatened if I revealed how heavily contaminated the blood supply was or I revealed the truth of how many strains were there. Again, to you know, three months before I was jailed and these actions were taken, I promised if they if they tried to perpetrate this fraud again on these innocent um, victims that I'd spend the rest of my life making their lives as much of a nightmare as I possibly could i know i'm nothing i know against this cabal of the our entire corrupt uh, the fbi literally
literally in 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 the end of the year in 2011 sat there and said hey if you're going to misappropriate grant fundings you better be misappropriating um billions so go ahead steal a hundred million dollars from from the taxpayers and 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 publish all this fraud because we can't do anything about it we're going after the people stealing billions they told me and i said really you'd let innocent people die you'd let the you'd bet my life be over and they're like yep we don't care literally got that the name of that fbi agent had to hire a lawyer to represent me in front of the fbi because that's what the fbi does they turn it on you they 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 go after your family they threatened me they followed me for years <laughs> literally for years so then they is the top of our CDC, our Centers for Dishonesty and Corruption, the FDA, which has nothing to do with their job, which is for the Food and Drug Administration, was supposed to be safety when it was formed in 1962. Well, we all know the food's not safe. We all know GMOs cause cancer. Bobby Kennedy Jr. won that. You know, while we're told glyphosate is harmless and wonderful and our food is loaded with it, where's the FDA doing its job? It's every level of health and human services right there in conjunction with our Department of Justice. The justice isn't for the victims. The legal system has nothing to do with justice. That's the hard realization I've learned in the past in the past eight years, nine years, ten years, decade. The, that the journals, our, our scientific journals, are commissioned fraud, commissioned propagandas, and commercial for pharmaceutical companies, for the government. You don't get those publications as a scientist. Um, you, don't, you don't have a job. You don't have a career. Uh, you, you don't get a grant. You know, so they hold the grants. The whole thing is a circular cabal. And and if you do what we did as science, that is publish all the data, show no statistics, show all the data and let the and, and let the data be interpreted by other honest scientists. Most scientists are honest. It's only the top of this corrupt old boys network which has been in charge since 1980s since 84 tony fauci has led the national institute of allergy and infectious disease so we've gone through swine flu bird flu aids you know all of these pandemics epidemics you know perpetrated fraud to to control to to drive our health care system um literally in you know it literally it's bankrupting our com a country as you know that's uh third of our gross natural product uh, is this, you know, medical cabal health insurance that we never had to have before. Um, uh, that, that costs us thousands of dollars a month, but insurance for what, um, you know, so you can buy their chemotherapies, which are that, which um, literally help no one. Um, they're, they're not treatments. And yet, and yet we're scared into taking those when we get a cancer diagnosis that in many cases isn't a cancer diagnosis. It's just driving people into fear. And, and I can say that very clearly because they did that to my own mother in 2018 and killed her in 2019. Let me, Fortunately, ask, you, let me ask you this, doctor. Um, mm -hmm. In all of this, we know, obviously, because of his position in in uh, the CDC, the Infectious Disease Organization, branch of the CDC, 
Um, it's not a branch of the CDC. It's the NIH. NIH. But, I'm sorry. Anyway. Thank you. That's for, right. Thank you for correcting me there. Uh, I'm 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 an average American, and we get them all mixed up. Yeah, um, so do I. The the alphabet soup. <laughs> there's plenty of them there. Um, yep. There has to be some kind of coordinated uh, situation, and it, it it can't just be Tony Fauci. There's got to be other people involved in it. Oh, absolutely. Where are you? Absolutely. Where, where are you, and where are they in all of this? The Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates. Um, well, Bill and Melinda Gates are, are funding part of this, and you're right. It's so when we have Health and Human Services (HHS), it's there are 23, I think, institutes in the National Institute of Health. I'll say a few: the National Cancer Institute, the National Health Blood and Lung Inst- Heart, Lung and Blood Institute, um, the Na- the National Institute of Mental Health. You know, there are many, many institutes in you know 23 in the National Institute of Health, um, and the NIAID and the National Cancer Institute, the Infectious Disease and Cancer Institute, are the largest. You know, more than 10 to 20 billion um, dollars a year they control but the fda the food and drug administration is another part of hhs and they're a distinct organization they're corrupt as well at the top again part of the whole thing keep your food unsafe um, keep you from realizing health, keep you from getting simple drugs. And we'll talk about that with regard to hydroxychloroquine and, and, and vitamin C and vitamins for COVID-19 or coronaviruses. Oh, <laughs> the Environmental Protection Agency, which protects only the agency. It has nothing to do with protecting our environment from contamination. And my, and my friend and colleague, um, Dr. David Lewis, wrote a book called Science for Sale. He was the victim of the corruption. He's the honest guy in the EPA, which who is the whistleblower and wrote a book, say, about five or six years ago about his nightmare experience in the Environmental Protection Agency. Again, protecting only themselves, not protecting our environment. Not, you know, this is supposed to be, and then, then the Centers for Disease Control. You know, yeah, they're controlling diseases. They're, they're popping them up whenever they want. They're releasing them whenever they want. They're scaring people into removing, allowing the removal of more and more of our constitutional rights, um, you know, culminating in what we're calling CDC. So, yes, it's a concerted effort. These these agencies are literally revolving doors of the executive staff um, to big pharma. So these, these, these government jobs pay little more than a quarter, you know, to, let's just say $200,000 a year for the director. And so, you know, Julie Gerberding, who presided over, um, you know, the autism fraud, the MMR causing autism fraud, and then the data dump that William Thompson participated in and, and destroyed in, in 2000, although he didn't destroy the data, he didn't say a word for 20 years while millions of people um, were, were lives were destroyed by with autism. So at any rate, so Julie Gerberding went right to Merck, the largest vaccine manufacturer, and made millions of dollars. And, and, and so, so it's a revolving door as you pass through the government and you and, and you commit commit crimes against the, the taxpayers paying your salary. You know, when you've shown yourself to be a good soldier, then you're rewarded with a huge job in industry and millions, of, if not billions of dollars. It sounds so, a lot like uh, uh, the old mafia thing that 
you know, was so prevalent in the 20s and 30s, those were the only people that Americans thought were doing things like this. We never gave any thought at all to there being any entity as part of our government, any group of people that would actually go to this step to garner control, and it's all about money. Correct. Healthcare, it's all said, about money. Healthcare set, as you said, is is uh, you hear you hear numbers anywhere from twenty five percent to thirty five percent of our gross domestic product. So it's a big deal. That's a lot of money, and the way you get access to money, all the money you want, is you garner the power to be able to pull those switches. And when people get in the way that want to, you know, uncover some of the bad stuff that's happening in their processes of getting all of that money, all hell breaks loose. You've living, you're living through that right now. You're still recovering from that. Yeah. And many others. So I, I do like to say, this is not about me. Um, and this, and when you read, um, the marvelous, um, forward, um, it's a quite a long forward by, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Biz, because when we met and were working on this for the last few years, um, he started realizing, you know, the, the complexity of my story. And, and, and when he realized that, you know, what was happening to many science. Um, he went back to his experience in environmental law. It's not just the viruses. It's the aluminum. It's the heavy metals. It's the glyphosate, the Roundup, the GMOs uh, um, over and over and over again in, in our, all of our environment. And that's what he's good at. So he, he showed all the scientists, anybody that gets in his way, for in their way, um, you know, their, their careers, their reputations are destroyed. And and in and, and in so many cases they lose their lives. They they succumb to suicide or are suicide dead, which um, which we discuss about. There's a chapter in Plague of Corruption um, about um, scientists who have um, have tried to reveal this and tried to do what I'm doing and just tell the truth. And 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 you're met with a ferocity that is is hard to describe and there are many many dark times in all of this so it's a very huge network and it's a very big problem because our healthcare system has nothing to do with healthcare. it's about a creating customers for life you know 50 percent of our children have asthma you know and now it's one in 22 boys has autism that's not a genetic disease. Cancer exploding. When when I first, the, the reason I went into science was when I was 10 or 11 years old, my grandfather, my mom's father, who we were living with in Washington, D.C. at the time, after my parents' divorce, he got lung cancer. And um, I thought you could heal cancers with food, with plants, with natural products, and, and I became a natural products chemist. And so to take plants and, and not make drugs at the time, I didn't know what a drug was. It's just heal. Heal with plants. I'm a, I'm a Native American Indian background, and we believe in healing with plants, that side of my family that my grandfather, you know, we didn't know when he worked on the railroad that the asbestos in the in the refrigerator cars and fruit growers express we didn't know that that was asbestos was cancer 
contributing and cancer causing. We didn't know about the, the contaminants in, in, in the polio vaccines all the way back in the 30s, but this large government things and Bill and Gate, Melinda Gates Foundation is right in the middle of all of it, you know, by, you know, supposedly buying, but funding the vaccine development. And, and again, there's no liability. And, and they're called philanthropists as they go around the world um, maiming and killing um, whole populations. What about uh, their, what, their about their, what about their trek into India? That's not talked about what happened there here in the United States where all of those children were infected and many of them, uh, a large number died and many of them got the diseases that they were uh, vaccinating them for in their quote-unquote lab test. And it was so egregious, the results, the Indian government kicked the, the foundation out of India and refused to let them practice there anymore. Yeah, and, and, and practice is an interesting word you use. That's exactly correct and, um, because they, they're not medical professionals. Why, why does Bill Gates have any say over American health care, over money, vaccine money, programs? Money, his money. Yeah, and he, nobody elected him. No, no, he, he doesn't have any degrees of any kind, any, any expertise. He's not a medical professional. He's forcing toxins on us and he's forcing an agenda because he has money. So, so that has to end. Um, and, and oh, by the way, he doesn't pay taxes because it's philanthropy. He cares so much about people around the world. There is a, <laughs> a lot of conversation around about the vaccine program. Gates himself in numerous occasions, we played interviews of his uh, with with news organizations, speaking at uh, big meetings, conventions through the last few years, his TED programs, and he's made it very clear his vaccinations, his ultimate goal, and he won't come out and call it population control, but he does refer to it as being something to assist the rampant growth of world population. What is that all about? Well, exactly what you said. Um, it's it's population control. It's a holocaust. It's a, this this what we are seeing right now and and have been for decades is various holocausts to destroy the you know India, um, China, um, in, in the vaccine program that he funded uh, to go to Liberia in. 2014 of course that was conveniently right around the time where an ebola a strain of ebola outbreak occurred um and 21,000 liberians died and and that ebola was similar it came by way of a laboratory and that laboratory would be the usamrid biosafety level four facility in fort detrick in frederick maryland and the public was told uh, those Liberians forgot how to cook their food. Ebola viruses come from bats and small animals as well. Um, and, uh, and of course, it actually came by way of a cell line, uh, a monkey kidney cell line that we that the vaccines and the viruses are grown up in 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 Fort Detrick, Maryland. And our vaccines, our childhood vaccines are grown in monkey kidney cells carrying animal versions of these viruses. We never hear anything about that. We're not warned about any of that. And when we bring up questions, people, <coughs> people have issues with their children 
and they want answers. People want the truth. We're big. We're big. We're adults. We can take the truth. We just want the truth, right. but we're not getting it. When it absolutely positively has to be the truth, your delivery man is Dan Newman. I've been called lots of things, never a delivery man, but I'll take that today. Today we are delivering an expert, a real expert in healthcare regarding all of the medicine and vaccines and virus questions that we all have, Dr. Judy Mikovits. Uh, we're speaking to her from her home in California. I just found out. Doc, congratulations. You and the husband have been after each other. Uh, you've been having fun, I know, for now 20 years. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we have. <laughs> so like we, we like to say God has a sense of humor. <laughs> so he came, he came into the picture right about the time the world broke loose for you, didn't he? Well, he came into the picture about a decade before that. He came into the picture at the height of my career. Um, I met him just after I was... Direct, I was made director of the lab of antiviral drug mechanism, and I came out to Ventura, California, about a mile from where we're living right now, to attend a meeting to develop therapies for HIV's um, AIDS-associated cancers. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he met me at the height of our uh, of um, my career, um, um, and and in the at 2009, when our paper a decade later, um, he's lived through the last decade of of not only the worst in in our career, but things we never thought we'd see um, in our country or as a couple. For better or for worse, right? Yeah, I think you got the worst. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get right back to this story today. We have so much more. We want to get your your expertise, your knowledge, and your inside look at what's going on. Where did this thing really come from, this coronavirus, this COVID-19, and how did it get here? Well, the first thing I'd like to do is talk about um, the difference between the coronavirus and COVID-19. Yes. And it's pretty simple. The D means disease. So, and and this is why I've been saying this for the last hour, but um, you can have a virus, you can be infected and never get a disease. So the coronavirus, it's called SARS-CoV-2, coronavirus 2, because it's most closely related to the severe acute respiratory syndrome virus that occurred back in uh, China in, in I, I believe, the outbreak then of this novel um, a severe acute respiratory syndrome causing coronavirus was around 2000. That so long ago. It's yeah, so it's called, this virus is called SARS-CoV-2 because it's most closely related to that original severe acute respiratory syndrome causing virus. So where it came from um, is is clearly, we're told um, it jumped from bats to humans um, in a seafood market in Wuhan, China. Um, now, when we say jumped, it's a, it's a, there's a biological term called zoonosis, and that's, you know, the word zoo is in there because, you know, all animals have a lot of different viruses in there. It's called a virome, um, like a microbiome with different bacteria. The virome is your viruses. For instance, humans have 8% of their genetic material is a virome, and these are silenced or, um, 
dead and crippled viruses that can no longer do damage um, to, but are in the new in the nucleic acid sequence, and and they can be expressed and never do damage, which is why I explained what our work did in HIV, because now we can all appreciate that millions of of Americans and people worldwide are infected with HIV, but will never get AIDS. AIDS is the disease. So. COVID-19 is, is called, you know, coronavirus, infectious disease or coronavirus. The VI can mean virus or infection, doesn't really matter, but the disease from the virus. Well, <clears throat> the virus, um, you know, doesn't cause the disease, even though we've been told it's the causative agent. And clearly, the virus evolved in an unnatural way because it was it was studied and grown in the laboratory so um and and in those cell lines that came from Fort Detrick Maryland the cell line the monkey kidney cells so instead of jumping from bats directly into humans with an evolutionary process that could take up to 800 years or could never occur at all or could occur in 50 years so i've said this in, a, in other interviews and people say oh you said that that's not true now it is true i'll just clarify it um so it, it you know that natural evolution we're told occurred is accelerated because you're taking a monkey kidney cell line that grows continuously and, and what, what we and, and in the laboratory. So you've got a bunch of cells from the kidneys of monkeys. You grow them up in flasks. You grow them in the laboratory. Uh, I, your, your audience might recognize, say, a big um, wine vat where you, where you ferment wine or where you ferment um, uh beers craft beers in those big um, cylindrical containers that's how you grow viruses that's how you grow viruses you don't take animals into i mean yes she they originally took an animals into the lab they took the tissues they mince them up and they and they mix them with with the monkey kidney cell lines in a vat full of different kinds of foods and amino acids and antibiotics and antimicrobial, you know, and I, and I can say this with uh, a great description because that's what I spent my entire life doing is, is growing viruses in cell lines, um, a, adapting viruses that would normally kill cells um, to, to not kill the cells. And, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's a it's an art form is more than a science, really. It's it's understanding. Um, so the the Vero monkey kidney cells and it, I'm talking from a 2015 paper that was published where the Wuhan scientists, the North Carolina scientists, the Harvard scientists and some scientists from Switzerland were working with these viruses in their laboratories and the material and methods of that paper stated we originally got the cell line Vero monkey E6, it's called V-E-R-O-E6, um, from Fort Detrick, from Ysamrida in Fort Detrick, Frederick, Maryland. And that's a, a particular clone of cell line that grows 
um, these strains of these coronaviruses and these Ebola viruses and polio viruses particularly well. And these are all different families of viruses. But the reason why this cell line grows um, viruses really well, it's like a little virus factory, um, um, is because it doesn't have our major antiviral defense system that's type 1 interferon. And that's that first immune therapy I made in 1980. Um, so, um, Again, it's a it's a journey as we go through life. So this is admittedly what what the paper was published, what the scientists signed. This is where they got the cell line. This is what they did in the Wuhan China lab, which was literally less than a mile from that seafood market. You know, can these viruses get out into the water? Absolutely. Well, the Fort Detrick laboratory was closed. Biosafety level four was closed for safety concerns in late 18 and early. 19. So these these cell lines, you you know, you have a little frozen vial, and there's they're mailed around the world. You know, there's uh, they people put them in pockets. I think one of the scientists said he carried them on a plane. You know, so how was this virus released, and how did it get to 190 um, countries um, in in a matter of a couple of months? As we're told, I don't believe the timeline and the data actually support that the virus was in this country in late 18 and early 19 when when we had a, a, a very um, aggressive uh, flu season after LU season and we know it wasn't influenza so when we tested for influenza it wasn't influenza but nobody was testing for coronaviruses there nobody tests for the other causes the respiratory syncytial virus the rhinoviruses the things that can cause upper respiratory infections but clear it's very clear clinically that severe dry cough has been in this country and people have recovered from that now for for far more than a year, far more than what we're told that the first cases in this country were was December or the first cases in the world. That's just not possible in an evolution, in a natural evolutionary standpoint. So we call it accelerated, lab accelerated evolution. For, so for how sure. long in, in, in nature would something like this have to, what, what would it take over a period of time to develop this virus from its inception to where it is today? Yeah, the way we were told this occurred, it could be anywhere from 50 to 800 years, not less than 10 years, so not it, it less was, than was, 10 years. It was from laboratory uh, acceleration that it went from where it was to getting disseminated in the public so quickly. Correct. There, it's clear. Gotcha. So let's let's just move forward. We're here in the United States. We, uh, we're not anywhere near the highest populated country on earth. You got China, you got India way above us. Uh, but all of a sudden here we are. And I mean, it's just taking over and people right. can't relate. And of course, a lot of it has to do with the news <laughs> stories and the, and the, right. the political ramifications and all that kind of stuff. But when we look around the country now, we're seeing these spots where apparently there's nothing. Then we hear about these tests for coronavirus and the uh, antibody test that are popping up that show far more many people in the United States have been exposed to it. And because of natural uh, protection that our bodies create the antibodies, they never got the virus or they never got sick with it. How, how is all this happening? 
Well, they never got sick with it. Yes. Yeah, so, so exactly. This is great, great lead in. So we talked about the virus. So what is the disease? So what we're told is the disease is going to be defined liberally. Um, and this was quoted I, in, about in, in the movie Plandemic. You know, we quoted Dr. Deborah Burks, who um, has, again, another long history of um, criminal um, uh, fraudulent publications with respect to vaccines and HIV, um, again, spreading those viruses through vulnerable populations in a vaccine program. And the vulnerable are the military in that case. So at any rate, so what the disease is going to be called liberally. So it doesn't matter if there's any evidence of infection. The, the, the testing that is used is called polymerase chain reaction, PCR, where they're amplifying the RNA a million times from your throat or your back of your sinuses and saying, yeah, you got the virus. No, you have a piece of RNA. Show me the virus. No, nobody is. And then if they do, which they didn't do for a really long time, now the antibody test, it says, yeah, you were exposed. If it was IgG, that the antibody, you were exposed a long time ago. That's a memory response. So if you ever see the virus again, you're immune. You're immune, no problem. You won't get as sick. Does that mean you won't get infected? No, but it means you may never know you were infected or re-exposed because that's what our immune systems, our God-given immune systems do. They make antibodies when they've seen something. If it's an IgM antibody, M is in Mary, that's a recent infection or it could be called an acute infection. So you're not necessarily gonna have a memory response, but in most cases you will develop that. But when you develop antibodies, you clear the virus. You clear the infection. You don't carry it. But what is our government telling us with a coronavirus? Um, with a coronavirus, you don't carry it. You clear it. It's not in your lungs. You're not coughing. You're not sick. You're healthy. You've, your immune system's done its job. Um, and, and so, but what the government is telling us is, oh, if you have an antibody, you're an asymptomatic carrier. And no, you're a healthy person. You're not, we're not an asymptomatic carrier of everything we've ever been exposed to. That's our immune system. We're, we're immune. Um, we're, we're healthy people. That's the definition of healthy people. Based on but that, I would, based on that, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to get That's this right. Based on that, yeah. the obvious question I'm going to hear after your, your show <laughs> is, should we be testing more for antibodies than we are for exposure to coronavirus? Um, well, I would have said yes to that question two months ago. And now I say we, it, we never should have been tested for the RNA. Even the, the Nobel laureate, Carrie Mullis, who developed PCR, said it's not a diagnostic test and it was never intended for a diagnostic test. And it wasn't used as a diagnostic test in any other pandemic. It's always epidemiology is done with serology, with, with antibodies. Where did the virus go, you know, around the world? Who's immune? Who's been exposed is a serology test. So all of science is being changed for this. And, and yes, the PCR tests were 80% contaminated, false positive. 
and, and the CDC contaminated them. And we're only allowed to use the CDC tests where there were, there were very good testing and, and antibody testing being used in Korea, being used in other places where they quickly controlled the outbreak by recognizing it's called natural herd immunity when, an inf- when most of the population has been exposed and is still healthy. Let me interrupt you there, doctor. And again, I'm sorry, I want our listeners to understand uh, at the very beginning, you heard all of the political talk about the president, the administration was so lax, they didn't start testing quick enough. Well, the administration hasn't come out to defend itself, but what the administration was doing was they were in the process of getting tests, all of the good tests that Dr. Mikovic uh, just told us about from countries like Korea and bring them over, but the CDC didn't want that. They wanted to develop their own. And so there was a lag time there, and there was some real bad test results that came out of the first uh, wave of those CDC tests, and they had to go back to the drawing And continue, and in fact, CDC shouldn't be, that's the fox guarding the head house. And the FDA wouldn't approve any tests, you know, so this is the problem in, in biomedical research. You know, small businesses, we can make those tests and we can validate those tests. And, and my, my colleague's, a colleague is an expert in that, uh, my colleague of more than 20 years. And she identified all the way back in early March, you know, the, the best validated serology tests. So I wouldn't go get a test now to answer that question of any kind. Refuse testing. If you're healthy, you don't need a test. You don't test for everything you might have been exposed to last year. Say no, because what they're using those tests for, they're saying, oh, you have a later stage of disease. You're more infectious. They're redefining immunology. They're redefining it to fit their purposes at all costs right now. They're going to use testing against you, and and they have. People who recover, you know, are are being kicked out of the military, are losing their jobs for this fear. So no tests, nothing. Um, You know, what I want your audience to know is take off the mask, get leave their house, go out with confidence. Healthy people don't make people sick. Go back to your jobs. Go back to your lives. Encourage all of your churches and businesses to open up, to tell your governors, your whoever has shut down your your world um it's unconstitutional and the data support this was nothing more than a mild flu this coronavirus COVID 19 is pure fraud it's pure fraud to control us it's pure for a fraud for the gates agenda to chip us no social distancing please 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 we're god's people we must hug each other touch each other that's your natural immune booster be out in your environment you know the the toxins that they're spraying in these grocery stores you know the the fumes from ammonia and all these toxic cleaners these are doing far more damage to your immune system and your lungs um you know as you trap them in these masks we're not made to breathe co2 it's called acidosis after a while when you're breathing your own co2 um the plants you know respirate co2 and take that out of our our environment we're we're made to eat and breathe plants and be in the air and and be in the sunshine vitamin d um have healthy food um non-gmo food um and and so 
This is the message. So anything that is, is and, and the doctors around the world are saying this now. I believe the Surgeon General just came out two days ago and said, no, don't wear a mask. And yes, it can be dangerous. Uh, my husband has COPD. I have pleurisy. I, 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 I wear a tag on my shirt and I ma made one for him that says, I have a lung disease. Um, the American Disability Act means you can't ask me what that lung disease is. If I wear a mask, I can potentially harm myself, pass out in your store, because I need oxygen. All humans need oxygen. That's how God made us. But at any rate, um, the also HIPAA, that, that um, Privacy Act I mentioned, you can't ask. You cannot ask. You cannot force somebody to be tested. You cannot take away their benefits. I've seen that. If, uh, if, if testing is allowed in a household and the mother comes up positive, and again, antibody or PCR, don't do it because they're going to call you positive and the children are negative, they're going to take the children away. That's the threat in California and until the mother's quarantined. Oh, my God. You know, they're coming into our houses to test our temperature. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's not America. And 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 this is what we all have to say. No, this fraud has been perpetrated us. As you mentioned, thir you know, 33 million Americans out of work. The anxiety, the stress, the, the, the depression, the fear is a little five-year-old child watches his friend in a mask and wonders if his healthy little friend is going to make him sick. Healthy people don't make people sick. Healthy people are a community, natural herd that you live with and you develop a strong, solid immune response by interacting with your environment, with your friends, with your family, as God intended. You know, we and immunity doesn't come through a needle. And there's not one vaccine in the last 36 years, and I can say this with great confidence, that, because, that has ever been shown to be efficacious, that is prevent or ameliorate, have a lasting memory like your own immune system. And the reason I can say that with great confidence is not a single test has been done in those 36 years to prove anyone is either safe or efficacious. That means it works. You mentioned something there um, uh, about what we're being told to do and what we're being shown to do. Um, by our government primarily is really not the best thing for us. Very early on in this whole thing, I remember President Trump standing up at a podium before anybody really knew what was going on, and he made this statement. He said, we don't want the cure to be worse than the disease. And what you're saying is that what we've been told to do as part of the cure to get rid of coronavirus is making it even worse for us. It's destroying our natural immune system. And it's far worse than the disease. The, the level of, of disease that is going to be realized, that's already been realized, is terms of, of depression, of cancers. I mean, can't my, most of what I do during the day is consult now with, with cancer patients. They're not getting their treatments. People are going into the hospitals for surgeries or being delayed, pre, pre, 
potentially progressing their diseases. They're not getting the treatments they need. They're they're not getting healthy food. Their disease is driving, and and they're being when when they end up dead in the hospital. That what's being written on the death certificate and encouraged, and in fact, people doctors who don't do it, and 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 your audience can see this around the world as doctors are getting brave and and speaking up. That wait a minute, we're told to put COVID nineteen on the death certificate regardless so we're in the average age of death is 80.1 years and and the people have many many comorbidities so yeah they the 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 cure is far worse than the disease and um and if we you know literally if we don't open up now in the summertime and get people out in the healthy sunshine in the world back to strengthening their immune system back to natural immunity as we know it you know then all you know all causes of of disease will increase the next flu season you know wuhan flu isn't the only flu and this is the best way to diagnosis you know flu is not a particular strain fl flu season is upper respiratory infections of many 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 causes many viruses many microbes many bacteria many many causes for upper respiratory infections and and you treat them the same way develop natural and hum- immunity no shot no flu shot has ever developed lasting immunity and your audience could know this is because they're like yeah every year you know, the flu shot didn't work. We picked the wrong strain. Why did we create a flu season and we only vaccinate against one, one family influenza viruses when there are many, many? Well, because they could is the answer because there's no liability as this flu shot had, kills millions every year. And we're not told that. And so this year, where did influenza go? Oh, now we don't test for that. Now we just call it all COVID-19. Where did respiratory syncytial viruses go? Where did rhinoviruses go? Where did um, pneumonia bacteria go? Where did anything go that would cause an upper respiratory infection? Where did, where did heart disease, stroke, um, uh, uh, COPD, all of that is being called on a death certificate, COVID-19. You see research, and I see it in the journals. Oh, rare new children's disease that looks like Kawasaki disease, and it's COVID-19. No, it's not. You're just calling everything COVID-19 to cover up 40 years of vaccine injury. Because people with vaccine injuries, the autistic, the CFS, the cancer patients, oh, they happen to have immune dysfunction, don't they? They happen to have coughs. They happen to have, if they have lung cancer and other things, they, they, they happen to have bleeding disorders. They happen to be more susceptible to stroke. Oh, all of that right now is being called COVID-19. Mitochondrial distress, a, a low, low, low levels of intracellular antioxidant glutathione in autism spectrum disorders, Um, you know, vitamin D deficiencies in autism spectrum disorders. Who's dying of COVID-19? Oh, the vaccine injured. And that's the big cover-up. Is there any way to have any kind of assurance um, factually what the real number of deaths at the hand of COVID-19 are? They say (laughs) 80,000 as of today, 80,000 in the U.S. have died. That's pure fraud. I'm sorry. The, and the way to do that, you don't die with an infection. You die from an infection. 
Many, many people die every year who are infected with HIV. And nobody writes on a death certificate AIDS unless they actually had AIDS. And we, we eradicated AIDS, at least as a disease. We did not eradicate the infection. No vaccine and it has ever worked. 80,000, the way to show me is show me an autism, open up the lungs, show me budding virus particles out of that microvasculature. That's not been done and won't be done. There's the COVID-19, the actual coronavirus, probably less than 1,000. Wow. Just like every annual influenza. Tested deaths. So the same thing happens every year with influenza. It's at 80,000, 60,000 every year from influenza in this country. But tested positive, less than 1,000, less than 2,000. And those data go back 40 years, and you can prove it. So tested tested positive, you know, um, 80,000, well, your test is 80% contaminated. Your test is the wrong test. So we can't do that. So, so this is the big circular fraud. Can't me, do anything, can we? <laughs> uh, let, let me just ask you this, and don't, don't answer if you, you don't feel comfortable answering this. Based on the things that you just said and what we've been watching through the last decades in the United States with, with all of the, uh, the, the pandemic predictions and the epidemic predictions, I have a video that we played for our viewers, uh, I think it was two days ago, Dr. Fauci in 2017, standing in front of a bunch of quote-unquote experts, actually said this, this administration will face a pandemic of epic proportions during this administration. How could he have known that? Because <laughs> he planned it. That's why I called it a pandemic. They've been planning it for years. It was illegal to work with coronaviruses um, in, in this country from 2014 for fear that you would evolve, accelerate the evolution of patho highly pathogenic strains. It, you know, it's the virus has, strains of the virus have HIV um, sequences, so now it can infect immune cells. Um, we know the, the gamma retroviruses are in the cultures that they're using to grow the virus. So he could predict that because he knew what he did in 2012. He knew what he covered up those 50 million Americans, and he knew how to hit the detonate button with, with glyphosate, with 5G, with, you know, with, with fear, 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 fear. You can immune suppress, activate your own viruses that your immune system is controlled, especially wearing a mask, immune suppress yourself, you know, drive you in fear. Yeah, how can he predict it? Because it's a pandemic. Well, the U.S. government has funded billions, as you said, billions and billions of dollars for research through the years. And a lot of that money goes to University of Texas, um, uh, North Carolina, you mentioned them, Harvard, Stanford, other universities that specialize in doing analysis and lab research for this kind of stuff. And sure. in, the, in the past, um, when drugs or treatments or whatever they're called come out of these labs that can tackle problems in our healthcare system regarding infections and et cetera, and they're patented, and those patents are turned into billion, hundreds of billions of dollars by somebody controlling the use, the distribution, the manufacturing of all of those things that go into that drug. Who controls that process? And there have been some changes I've heard. Is it is it really true that um, the scientist who did it originally 
had no say-so in it at all. Like if it was done in a lab, the university could do it, or they all just seem to end up in the hands of big pharma. Uh, right. Well, you know, companies can own the patent. So government scientists, people who are funded by grants from the government, like NIAID, billions of dollars of grants, universities, um, until um, a, a congressional act called the, or it could have been a Senate, I don't know, I'm not a government person, called the Bayh-Dole Act, B-A-Y-H, um, from uh, Utah, Senator or Congressman Bayh from Utah, and Bob Dole, I guess Bob Dole was a senator. So the Bayh-Dole Act, Senator from Utah, Senator Dole, um, was an act which said that NIH scientists and scientists getting government funds um, could, in fact, patent their discoveries. So get, get the idea that taxpayers pay to turn on the lights, taxpayers pay for our educations, taxpayers pay, you know, because that's universities, so, so people get stipends and grants, taxpayers pay um, for everything, and yet you get to patent and make money off of the taxpayers' discoveries. And, and in my opinion, that's what destroyed um, collaboration, research findings, slowed down everything while, while huge legal offices, it's called IT, uh, um, I mean IP, intellectual property, you know, so it, as, as everyone fought over intellectual property, um, the, uh, um, you know, uh, and who owns taxpayer-funded discoveries. It ruined collaborations. It stopped drugs from getting to people. It allowed big pharma, and especially in the vaccine injury, because that act was in the early 80s. And, and remember, I told you in 86, um, all liability was removed. So now vaccine manufacturers don't have to do any testing. I mean, they should, but they don't, you know, they're required by law, but they don't. And um, there's no liability. They don't have to advertise because they're mandated. People have mandated around the world that you've got a client that has no choice but to but to take your toxic drug or not have a job and not go to school. Um, and you see, so they've got it fine. They don't have to do anything you know, and, and, and make millions, if not billions of dollars. And, and, and these vaccines are rolled out every year and they do new formulations, new, more toxic formulations, four in one, six in one, in, in order to get new patents. And, 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 and the market is, is literally perfectly free market because nobody can do anything um, because of this cabal. So, yes, that's how it works. I know there's some legislation that's pending. There are a lot of people in Congress that want to see that change. We'll see if they <laughs> be effective in getting that done. Uh, tell us the the big hoo-ha-ha between hydroxychloroquine and other drugs like remdesivir, the new one. Um, why was this 70-year-old drug that was so effective in uh, with, with very limited side effects, hydroxychloroquine we're talking about, why the right. big hoo-ha by Dr. Fauci and others when it was being tested privately and it was apparently achieving really, really wonderful results in these tests, not just here, but in France and other right. places. Why the big fight against the use of hydroxychloroquine? Well, you just answered your own question because they don't have the patent on it. It's a 70-year-old drug 
that is on the WHO list of essential medicines. And yes, there was a publication in 2005 that said it was quite effective against SARS. So why wouldn't you be affected against SARS um, V2, um, coronavirus 2, the second family member? Um, yeah, so why? Because remdesivir, oh, by Gilead, oh, so Tony Fauci and some of those same players have the patent. So that's rushed through approval in fraudulent studies that uh, um, I'll just uh, talk about my friend, Dell Big Tree's The High Wire show two weeks ago. He went in and showed those studies, did a fabulous job showing how they corrupt the studies, how they literally perpetrate fraud. So there's, you know, and now all of a sudden, remdesivir is the standard of care and it's killing people. So you're killing more people. You're saying, oh, they died a complication of COVID-19. No, they, they died of an unsafe, untested, unsafe drug. What do we do about this? What do we as everyday Americans that don't have access to the inside information and the power of the ability to uh, do what is necessary to make sure that what we're getting, I mean, you think about it, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Mikevitz, we go to our doctor. We all have, most of us have a primary physician that's known us for years and treated us for years. We go there when something's wrong and we don't know what it is, and we expect to get good answers. And it's beginning to sound through all of this like, we're often not hearing the truth. What do we do? Yeah, and your doctor's not told the truth. Correct. Um, and um, so, first of all, uh, you know, say no to all of these mandates. Change at every local level. Change this system back. Get those laws repealed. The 1986 National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. Demand from a five-year moratorium on all vaccines until safety's done and the and the vaxxed unvaxxed study is done. Vaccinated unvaccinated studies never been done. Um, you know, when you do a five-year moratorium, what you're going to find out is everybody's healthy. But take Take back your own health. You know, don't go to the doctor. You know, we want a quick fix in America, so it's partially our fault. You know, we don't want to do the work of, you know, um, exercising, eating healthy. And yes, we can't do much because we don't know right now. We're not allowed to know when glyphosate is in our food. We're not allowed right now in COVID-19, the farmer's markets are closed. So yes, these are difficult time, but first speak out um, and, 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 and elect officials um, who will listen to us. I mean, every, every year, look, you're, you know, we go through this presidential election and the most important thing is our health. And nobody says anything about vaccines. Nothing. Because it's, the, the, it's political death. Well, it doesn't have to be political death if, if the people stand up and take back their rights and take back their religious freedoms and say, no, you won't mandate a shot. I don't need that job. I don't need to go in that grocery store. So the people that are bought uh, exercise our rights, exercise HIPAA, exercise ADA, say, no, I won't wear a mask. And, and it's a simple little tag you know I, I can text it and you know it's, it's easy to find <laughs> and and a simple little tag to put on your shirt take back our rights and we can we can do that and and i do it 
my husband, um, we mentioned earlier, um, in the last five years or six years, we realized, see, I didn't even know. He was getting a pneumonia vaccine every year because he got pneumonia in, in his 30s and he had COPD and he was getting sicker and sicker and sicker and on more and more drugs. And so one day I went into his doctor who he's had for more than 40 years and he, we like each other. We're good friends. He didn't know who uh, we have different names. But at any rate, so we go in there and we, I say no more vaccines. And he said, I was waiting for you to ask because I can't say it or I'll lose my license. Wow. So we changed the AMA. We changed, yeah, because doctors around the world were told in New York, if they prescribed hydroxychloroquine, you know, they'd lose their license. They'd get an investigation. So people can't afford to lose their jobs. And and this is, this is the problem. We need to end these corrupt organizations that are bought and paid for um, by this huge, it's a huge problem. It's, it's a third of our gross natural product. Have you said we could, we could usher in a whole new world of health, you know, health the way I used to know it as a kid. We went to the doctor when we broke our arm. And in fact, once I ran over a, I, I ran over a barbed wire fence and I'm, I, I have a two inch vertical leap, I like to say. Um, <laughs> and so I got caught on the barbed wire and, and still have a huge scar on my leg. And I said to my mom, you know, shouldn't I go get a tetanus shot? Shouldn't I go get uh, uh, stitches? And she said, you should have thought of that. I told you not to go there. (laughs) You know, the tetanus shot. Why is a tetanus shot in DTP? Tetanus shot is for after you step on a rust, get a deep puncture room. And it came from in rust and stuff. And it came from when we had animal feces in our streets. Well, we don't have animal feces in our streets anymore. We we have clean sanitation. So in every case, we can see the vaccine didn't end the disease. Clean sanitation, clean water. So what do we have now in COVID-19? Oh, they closed all the bathrooms between here and San Diego. So so people are forced to pee in the street. Oh, that's that's public health. So when your audience looks, when your audience looks at public health, and, and, and sees what they're calling public health and, and sees how they stop President Trump, how they stopped him from using the and, and other doctors from using the hydroxychloroquine and, 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 and type one interferon and vitamin C and zinc and, and, and glutathione and, you know, things that are supplements that cost nothing that we use every year. So we got my husband off of everything except one blood pressure medication that happens to have the lovely side effect is it calms the inflammation that is key to driving fibrosis of the lung that's a little clinical for it but at any rate and and so we kept him on that drug and his health he's never been healthier wow it's amazing (coughs) what's out there that we don't know and um, you obviously have a lot of experience that backs up all of these things that we don't know our problem is dr mikevis we just don't know who to trust or who to listen to Mm -hmm. and there's not a plethora of information in the marketplace that you're sharing with us today. I want to say thank you for that. A couple of questions before we end the show today. First of all, have you interacted with anybody in the Trump administration yet? Not directly, no. Okay. I was just curious because uh, uh, I know the president is growing very, very concerned about Dr. Fauci and the information that is being disseminated. I mean, I don't know if you heard, but Fauci on CBS on Sunday he basically told the NFL they're crazy if they have an NFL season. Football's going to destroy us. Um, 
I, I mean, I can't even tell you. I can't even guess at how many jobs around the nation are gone because of that. Because it wouldn't just be the NFL. It would be college football and high school football and Little League and all of that kind of stuff using his 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 wisdom there. The scare uh, tactics. And Go ahead. I guarantee you that'll kill my husband. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of husbands. So, you know, you know, what right does he have to say this? This is simply not true. Simply stop injecting them. No injections anywhere. That's one thing I forgot to say to the audience that absolutely do. No shot ever. Not ever again. No flu shot. No, no shot. No. I have people say, you said no shots. How about people? I said no shots. Not a single safety test since 1986. No shots. You don't have any idea what's in that needle, and I guarantee you it's killing you. And they force it on athletes. They force shots. Think about basketball. Oh, if they cut their hands because of it. Is that stigma? Oh, if they cut themselves, they have to go off the court and get the blood and wipe everything down, and everybody's got gloves on. Did anybody ever wear a mask? No. Look around and wake up. No shots. Never eat healthy food. No no GMOs. Insist on GMOs and Roundup being outlawed. They're toxic. They cause cancer. Stop the 5G, which is separating our, our hemoglobin from our iron, meaning we can't carry oxygen. It, it ends up in our blood in the form of ferritin, the iron, and, um, and causes the cytokine storm causes the inflammation that is said to be from a coronavirus, and it can be from the body. Take back our rights, look around, and and basically um, I say no. And Tony Fauci shouldn't have the power to shut down the NFL. How many people will that kill besides my husband? You know, like you said, how many jobs, how many, how many lives are, are going to be destroyed? You know, by having, you know, again, people have worked their entire lives. In, in colleges, in high schools, in, in you know, their entire lives for, for schooling, and now they've got, they got nothing. You can't go to college unless you have shots. You know, oh, oh, you can't go to college unless you have shots. And and so if you want your health, you know, I have friends who say, oh, he's worked his whole life to be a doctor. The doctors are the heavy targeted. My niece is a doctor. My, my, my sister said, oh, but Jenny has to. She's a doctor. I said, no, she doesn't have to. Take that knowledge and go help people in the community. Get out of the system. Every single person has a choice. And, and when we rise up again and we have community farms and community food and community doctors and we pay them just like we pay our auto mechanics. That's where I was going with that. Hey, you can't tell me when my mom said you should have thought of that. Hey, we go fix our car with whoever we trust. Go to your doctor, trust what he tells you, do your homework, help him do his homework because they don't know. And, and I encourage everybody to watch the movie That's the People's Truth because you are going to see what the doctors do and not, don't know. You're going to see how healthy the unvaccinated are. Healthy people don't make people sick. Healthy people don't make people sick. There's no such thing as an asymptomatic carrier. That's a healthy person. Even if you have HIV. And and I've never, I've isolated viruses my whole life. And I've never isolated HIV from a healthy carrier. Or even the XMRVs. I'm a healthy carrier. 
of the XMRVs. They infect the lab workers. They infect the first responders. We need to protect our military. They're, they're forcing these shots, dozens on them, and they're destroying the lives and the families for generations. So we need to stand up. There's nothing more we can do. I've done all I can as an individual, a scientist, and a human being. I'm working as hard as I can to learn how to speak the science in terms people understand and to continue to speak the truth of love with, with, you know, it's not about it's about just, all of humanity. Let me just say this as we leave. Um, you have, and, I, and I'm going to put it in this perspective because of me, you've dumbed it down very, very well for me to understand what we're facing and giving us some great explanations for what we've been through. I want to thank you because you have been through a horrible decade for sure. And I, I apologize that it comes at the hands of people that work for the United States and they work for the taxpayers. What they did, we didn't know about, and I'm sorry that you went through it, but I want to thank you. You don't know how grateful I am personally, and I know many of our, our audiences as well, for you sharing what not only you've been through, but what we're facing now and how we can get through it because we're afraid. And fear is not a good thing to have, as you explained to us. Right. Anytime you want to come back and share any additional things as part of your message to us all, we have a large audience that, as we said, is stretched around the nation and even around the world. You've got my contact information. You feel free yeah. to let us know. We are all, everybody listening, is going to go find Plague of Corruption and your first book as well. And I will tell all of our listeners, if you just read the forward by Robert Kennedy Jr. of uh, uh, Plague of Corruption, it'll it'll grab you, and you will not be able to put her book down. It was sold out. That uh, first edition was sold out, but it should be. If it's not now, It's it, you can pre-order on Amazon.com for the next uh, next version coming out. But make sure you get it and read it and share the word that there is truth. We have some truth that we can turn to instead of just being, um, what, farm animals that do what we're told to do and when we're told to do it. We're not that. We've got to hang on to the truth. Dr. Judy, you're an amazing person. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Dan. It was a pleasure. And yes, as your audience brings questions, um, you know, I'll come back. Let's see what we can clarify. Let's see what we can see in our world in the next few weeks and see if the changes we're discussing today, if people will take back their lives and, and, and see what we can realize is health in our, in our world. Wow. If people will take back their lives, why should we have to take our lives back. They belong to us. You've been listening to Dr. Judy Mikovits, one of, without question, the foremost experts on the planet regarding SARS-CoV, SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19, the disease. And if you tuned in late, this interview took place June the 20th of 2020, and you just heard she predicted almost everything that's happened under Dr. Tony Fauci and others from the medical bureaucracy over the last two and a half to three years. And you and me, we are paying the price. Thank you so much for being here today. I know we're a little short. We normally go two hours exactly, but it was worth it.
you can have that extra 15 minutes and you can go back and start listening to different parts of what Dr. Mikovits shared today. And don't forget, the best is yet to come. Don't get discouraged. Life ahead is better than life behind. And by the way, throw a little God into the thinking that you have when you listen to this instead of succumbing to fear. God bless you. You have a great day. We will be back tomorrow, Friday, and we're going to be live from Israel. We'll see you then. Have a great day. Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan, spin-free news from the world. TNN, the Truth Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org.